Hello and welcome to Let It Be. This is episode number four. So Brooke, I have a theory about saying no. My theory is the real reason people find it hard to say no is because they don't really know what they want from life. Thoughts? I think that that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and I think that probably plays a huge part in us saying yes consistently when we really would prefer not to. Um, but I also think the other huge factor in, saying, in, in, in struggling to say no is the weight of guilt and obligation. I know with mm. me that's probably <laughs> the biggest part. But I absolutely agree that when you have your why, your reason, your intention, your goal, whatever you want to call it, locked down, it's much easier to say no to something that doesn't align with that. So I do agree with you, but I also think that there's more to it. Definitely. I know um, years ago I read, um, I wish I could find it, um, I read a Zen Habits post about, you know, the reasons we can't say no. Um, but I have done considerable research and considerable writing on the topic myself in years since. And I've kind of, you know, broken it down to beyond, you know, that people people say no because they don't really know what they want from life. And I'll expand on that in a second. But the kind of surface reasons is one of the ones you've just said there is that weight of obligation and expectation. And a large part of the reason that most of us can't say no is because we're people pleasers mm. and we think, oh, we think people won't like us if we say no to them. And the absolute, the truth of that is people won't like us if we say no to them. It's funny, um, Liz Gilbert, um, the writer, she wrote about this on Facebook recently that yeah, that this was a great big fear of hers. She never said no for that reason. Um, and then she kind of started doing it and she found out that that was fear was a real thing. People literally didn't like her anymore, you know, when she started saying no to them. But I think you have to make peace with that. And I know that myself, I've kind of made peace with the fact that everybody in the world can't like me as much as I really like them too. Um, and... Yeah, once you get that in your head and once you get it in your head that it's actually okay for people not to like you, it does suddenly become a lot easier to say no. Have you found that? Yeah, I have. I mean, I feel like I, this is still something I'm very much trying to deal with. Um, <laughs> this, like 2015 was the year that I said uh, yes to too many things, like significantly yep. so. <laughs> And I had to extricate myself from a lot of them. Uh, and in some cases, that was relatively straightforward. In other cases, it was next to impossible. So I kind of just had to write out yeah. the remainder and know that when the time came to say yes or no again, the answer would be no the second time around. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I'm not awesome at. <laughs> and I feel like I'm the, the, the idea of people not liking me, I actually feel okay with now um yeah i think working online you you have to at some point come to the realization that if you're standing up for something if you have something to say if you have a point of view 
some people will disagree with you and some people, some of those people will dislike you for that, you know, just because they disagree with you. That's fine. I feel yeah. like I'm okay with that now. Um, and it's the saying no part that is what I'm working on. Uh, I feel like if I had a theme for 2016, which I don't typically tend to do, it would be um, focus and as a result of focusing, saying no to things that are kind of falling outside of that. Interesting, because my word, for, I do, I like to have a guiding word or a guiding theme for my years. And my word for 2012, so we are going back a few years now, was to say no. And I don't typically choose such a negative thing, but I think the year that you've just had, the 2015 year, that was kind of like my, I don't know, 1995 all the way through to nine, you know, 2011. <laughs> that was just the story of my life. You know, I've, I've never saw an opportunity that I didn't think was a good idea. I'd never wanted to say no to anything because it was, you know, just in case it was the thing. I didn't like letting people down. I wanted people to like me. Like every single reason that people say yes, that applied to me. Um, and obviously, when, then you have a complete breakdown, which is what I did, and you realize, you know, after a bit of therapy that something has to change. And so, I approached 2012 and went, this is my year of saying no before I say yes. And even if and, – and so, I had to develop strategies around that because obviously, it's just, you know, it's, it's a habit. And like any habit in life, if your habit is to say yes immediately when someone asks you something – you can't just break that in two seconds. So what I did was I discovered um, four really wonderful words and they were, let me get back to you. Hmm. Is that four or five? Let me get back to you. Five words. Um, and the beautiful thing about let me get back to you is it's not saying no um, and you can use that on pretty much everyone. You can use that on your kids. You can use that on your partner. You can use that on someone really exciting, wanting to do something really amazing with you. It applies equally to all. And even with your kids, you can say, let me get back to you. And you can get back to them in like 20 seconds. But it just what I've found is it eliminated the knee-jerk yes from my life. And that was a really key thing. That really, yeah, that really, really helped me because what it meant is I got time and space to like walk away from the conversation, have a really, really good think about is this actually what I really want to do or is this taking me closer to where I want to be in life? And I guess that comes back to what I, I talked about at the top of this podcast is, you know, even if you do give yourself that breathing space, if you don't really know where you're going or what you want from life, it's you'll just go back to that person and go, yes, let's do it. Everything seems like a great idea right now. Um, so, yeah, it was really those two things in tandem. It was removing the knee-jerk yes from my life um, and then knowing what I you know, wanted from life and then that kind of gave me the ability to go back to people and go, you know what, this is sounds so amazing and so exciting but it's just not taking me closer to where I want to be. So I'm just going to have to say no. And what I found really interesting was people took that really well. Like they were really understanding when you laid it out like that. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that is going to help you at all. Super Next helpful. Year. Just, no, I feel like that's um, that's a really practical thing that I can just slot in. You know, it's not necessarily telling myself that the answer is always going to be no. Um, yeah. I have to say no immediately face to face when I'm feeling pressured. Cause I think that's something that I still do 
uh, struggle with. It's that feeling of obligation, not because people yeah. don't like me, but because people have certain expectations of what I will do. And I've always said yes in the past, so I'll say yes again, you know. Um, so to say, let me get back to you, I love that because it just gives – I can already see how that will affect yeah. me perfectly. Like it will give me that buffer, that that time to just step back, ask a question – figure out if I have the time, if I have the energy, if I have the capacity, if I have the desire to do those, whatever it is that they're asking of me and then come back with my answer. Can I ask when you say no to people, do you always give a reason or do you sometimes just leave it at no? I find it important. Like I know that this is, I've seen it, you know, there's a meme going around that, you know, that no is a complete sentence. I've not ever been able to use no as a complete (laughs) sentence. I mean, it's something I aspire to and I have to admit I've given it a go a few times where I've just gone, um, yeah, I definitely don't just go no, but I'll go no without giving a reason and I have given that a go and it is quite liberating to say to someone, I, I can't do that, but thank you for asking and not like give a long, you know, involved essay about why it's such a great opportunity and thanks so much for thinking of me, but this is what I've got going on in my life right now and blah, 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 blah. Like, so that's something that I'm definitely working on. I don't believe that no itself is a complete sentence, but I do believe we need to start getting better at not explaining mm. ourselves all the time. And I mean, there's a time and a place for everything and and sometimes it is appropriate to give people reason because I feel like in giving people the reasons, they, they're much more understanding and they won't kind of come back again and pressure you. Whereas I feel like if you just kind of go, no, not right for me right now, then they'll come back with, well, when, when might it be right for you? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> and then that, be, then that becomes an awkward conversation that you don't – and again, you start feeling pressured. <laughs> I didn't mean like, no, not right now. I just meant no. No, <laughs> not ever. <laughs> I must admit, actually, there was a situation at the end of last year that, um, you know, it was one of those just ridiculously intense, uh, time-consuming kind of things that I had said yes to quite happily and it became much, much bigger than anyone who was involved that had ever expected that it would and it became yeah. a significant stress in my life. And there came a time where, uh, you know, one of the other people involved in it saying, so there's this opportunity to continue your involvement down the track. And I just looked at her and I said, uh, that sounds like a fantastic opportunity for someone, but I can tell you it sure as hell will not be me. Full stop. And that felt amazing. Oh, it's so – but do you know what annoys me? It annoys me that we have to get – we have to be pushed really, really far down a very bad one-way street before we're able to kind of be firm like that. Yes. I kind of wish, yeah, it's something I've been working on in myself that I, yeah, I want to get better at being firm before I'm pushed to being firm. Yes. And, and I think I find that, yeah, since I had my year of saying no, it's definitely something that I've gotten better at over the years of um, – yeah, of being able to spot straight away, look, this is just going to be a huge time suck for very little benefit to me, which sounds a little bit self-centered, but I think, but it's not. It's just recognizing that, you know, and I think it's important that we've probably pushed ourselves into these places before because then we get to do it with great certainty. So like this experience that you had last year, like, you know, you'll never go there again because you've done it you know what what it's going to take 
and you know that it just doesn't fit in what you want for your life and your family. So, Can I ask, do you think um, this is a struggle more for women than men? I mean, it's really hard to say that being women, but, um, (laughs) you know, so we can only kind of see it from the outside. But do you think this is something that typically women struggle with more than than, the men? I think women typically struggle with it more purely because more is expected of women. Mm. Like I I just believe that we expect a a lot less of our men folk. So they are not put in that position all the time where they do have to like, you know, look at a situation or look at a request that's being made from them for of them and have to, yeah, they have to say no. I, that Having said that, I do know guys who are just as capable of pushing into overwhelm and overcommitting themselves as we are. But, yeah, I think as a general rule, we just ask less of guys mm. than we do of women. It's got to do, this is just something I've been thinking about recently as a mum of a girl and a boy. Mm. Our expectations, and, and I was raised in a similar mm. way um, by really awesome parents. This is not at all a criticism, um, but it was all about politeness uh, and yeah. saying yes is polite. You know, uh, that's a very simplified way of looking yeah. at it. But to say no, you would have to have a really good reason to say no mm-hmm. and deliver it tactfully and yes. gracefully. <laughs> uh, whereas guys i don't know if they have that same expectation like it's it's a it's a more aggressive response i guess to say no and maybe one that is not um kind of convinced out of boys as much as girls kind of kind of like the whole bossy thing yeah little girls get called bossy little boys not so much um which i think is shifting with our generation and our the generation of our kids, I feel like those sorts of things aren't going to to be as um, disparate. But I do feel like that innate politeness that's expected of women comes into play as well. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think, uh, yeah, what's expected of women in terms of delivery and how they express themselves is much, much higher than men. Men are allowed to kind of go, nah. No, no, thanks. Mm. I like. There's a really cool <laughs> article or video or something that did the rounds recently that was if uh, historic conversations and negotiations were conducted by women and, you know, they would have the male <laughs> version of it and it was all very straight to the point and no one cared if they hurt anyone else's feelings and then there was the female version of it um, and it was kind of – it was all uh, surrounded by this – kind of language that is well if it's okay with you I'm going to talk about this and that you know (laughs) really gentle way of putting it yeah oh yeah definitely I've seen that one and yeah it made me wince a little bit because it it was a bit stereotypical but I think it made me wince because it is true like there was a grain of truth in it I know a lot of it was heavy-handed but uh it kind of did frame up I guess the what we apologize a lot exactly to exactly. saying no, and yeah, I think that that's probably a key that, and that's what it comes down to. You know, don't explain why you're saying no because when you're explaining, it's akin to apologizing mm. for saying no. Like you know, it's it's that whole thing that so women as a general rule start sentences with "I'm sorry to say this part" or "I'm sorry to do this part," and I know that that's definitely something that. Yeah, when I'm composing an email, I'll like write it and then I'll go back over it and then I'll just like take out all the the words that are qualifiers. Like, 
not quite or I'm sorry about and, you know, just in case and I get all the qualifiers and when I take those out and I read it back, you know, it's just, it's just very firm. It's still polite but I've taken out all the apologies and mm-hmm. there's, there'll be like 20 in one sentence. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, again, this is the whole small steps kind of thing. So, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to first give myself a buffer from that knee-jerk yes that I was so accustomed to giving um, and then I had to learn to say no with less apologizing. And I guess the thing that people have to remember, and I feel like I'm dominating this conversation a bit, but I've done two years of research on how to say no because that was going to be the title of my second book, which has since changed direction a little bit because um, then how to say no ended up just being like a little bit of that book. But um, yeah, the key thing, oh, I completely lost what my key thing about how to say no was. Um <laughs> You're going to have to talk, Brooke, because my brain has just shut down. <laughs> that train of thought left the station. Um, no, I, I have found this really valuable just personally because, it, like I said at the beginning, I do still struggle. I think this year is going to be something that I look back on as a really valuable learning experience because I just ran myself ragged. I, I ran yeah. myself into poor health and um, I ended up having a, a breakdown um, physically got influenza and pneumonia and all that kind of stuff because I had just uh, continued to say yes well beyond the bounds of what was a good idea. When Um, you were saying yes, did you know you were going well beyond the bounds at the time? No, I didn't, Um, which I think ties really nicely into what you were saying at the beginning. I wasn't clear on what I wanted. I wasn't clear on where I was headed. You know, I was kind of torn in all of these different directions and even just if I look at it just from a work perspective take out personal relationships take out family take out parenting all that kind of stuff just from work I was spread way too thinly um with all of these things that I wanted to do like I was I had like squirrel syndrome you know I'd look at the object and go squirrel you know blah um and that was looking back now I can see it's clear as day that that was just me kind of grasping around trying to find what it was that I was, you know, looking for. Uh, so I think I will look back on 2015 as a year that taught me a lot. You know, it cost yeah, a good learning experience, yeah. and we've got to have these learning experience. I just feel like if we never do anything the wrong way, like we don't really learn from doing things the right way, do we? No, uh, I look back at you know the biggest and most difficult moments or or periods in my life and I'm really grateful for them um in some some ways because I learned so much you know and it's when you can use those moments those those periods of hideous busyness or complete (laughs) overwhelm or whatever it is to springboard into like a deeper understanding I guess of how you operate and why why you continue to say yes I feel like that's where the value is. If you question yourself and say, well, why did I continue to say yes even when yeah. it became abundantly clear that it was not um, doing me or anyone else any favours? And I think that's, for me, where the, the, the key is going to lie in 2016. It's, it's figuring out my motivation for saying yes or my, the reason for my aversion for saying no and finding <laughs> ways of combating that. Oh, definitely. And I think so that's – 
two things and I remembered the thing that I was, you know, the really important thing that I wanted to say that just flew out of my head. Um, one thing that I always come back to, and this isn't the really important thing I want to say, but one tactic I always come back to when I catch myself, you know, going, oh, I don't want to say no to this. Um, I always come back to Brene Brown going, choose discomfort over resentment because that is what saying no is all about it's a temporary feeling of discomfort at having to say no versus the resentment that you're going to feel down the track because you're going to be so angry at yourself for, and, and we're talking situations where you know you want to say no but you say yes anyway those are the situations where you've got to choose discomfort over, over resentment because down the track that's just going to you, – you just know it's going to happen. Absolutely. And, then, and when it does happen, you're so angry at yourself. And it happens really quickly. I was, it's funny yep. you should say that actually because I was thinking about, um, you know, resentment and how quickly it shifts um, from something that you maybe even, – even when you're choosing to do it yep. to then something that you resent or the people who are involved, you become you, – you come to resent them because they're – uh, taking, you know, and you feel like yep. this is not something that you want to be giving, but it's still being taken. Yeah, that's I love that. Choose yeah, I always, or I just uh, want to tattoo it on my hand because, yeah, whenever I just get myself, because I'm very um, conflict averse. Mm. So if you're a conflict averse person, like saying no to someone feels like conflict when really it's just, you know, being sensible. Um, but, yeah, whenever I get that conflict-averse feeling rising inside of me, I kind of revert back to that and go, choose discomfort over resentment. Choose discomfort over <laughs> resentment. Come on, Kelly, you can do this. Which is really interesting though, I guess, because um, when I ask someone for something or if I propose something to a person, I'm – I half expect them to say no. Yeah. Well, know? this is the thing that I think we have to remember is that like if we ask someone to do something, we're not really sitting there just expecting that they're going to say yes. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a legitimate um, asking you, but I fully understand that you might not want to do this thing. So I don't know why we apply these different standards to ourselves where we just assume that anyone that asks us to do something expects that we're going to say no and is going to be like devastatingly disappointed if we – if we can't do it. Yeah, which kind of – there is an arrogance there too, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, certainly a sense of hubris in there, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, I, was, I think I spoke about it in an earlier episode but um, sort of at the end of 2015 I was approached to be part of a TV show uh, <laughs> and ended up saying no, which was absolutely the right call with the year that we had had. And, but I just took it upon myself that, well, of course she's going to – expect me to say yes. And if I say no, of course she's going to be really upset and she might even get angry at me. But, you know, who else are they going to get? First of all, they could get one of a hundred. <laughs> I am nothing special in that regard, you know. So that 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 ego kind of really does feed into it as well. So I yeah. guess, um, you know, yes, have some strategies in place to say no and to give yourself that buffer, but also kind of get over yourself, Brooke. Yeah. Like, really. <laughs> You're not special. We're not. We're not as special as we think we are. Yeah. Um, and that's again another cool mention, I think, to just reflect. Well, we're not that special. Just remember, we're not that special. Exactly. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. For and the beauty of um, the beauty of you being able to say no to that fantastic opportunity, no doubt. But it would have just taken such a huge amount of time and energy. Is what it's now done. Is it's meant it's left room in your life this year 
Two, say yes to things that are a better fit for you. And that's the real key to saying no is every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to someone else. And I know for me, for many, many years, every time I said no to something, I was saying, so every time I said yes to something, I was saying no to spending quality time with my family Mm. or quality time with my husband um and my poor husband is you know long we've been together for 20 years so he's had much much experience with being second fiddle to you know every little thing that I want to chase after in life and I guess what the last kind of five years has taught me is that yes every time you say yes to something you're saying no to something else and that no, that something else is probably something really important. And I guess, you know, what I've come through my writing on my blog, A Life Less Frantic, that's really the underlying theme of everything I do now. Every single decision that I make now, I kind of go back and I go, how is this going to affect my ability to be a good person to the people who live in a house with me? And if it's going to make me not a good person to those people, if it's going to make me stressed and angry and irritable and grumpy, I say no. Mm. And you know, and I very, very consciously choose to say yes to my family and that means saying no to so, so many things. But, you know, it's easy to do now. It wasn't easy five years ago. You're my inspiration, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to have a minute to Kelly on my shoulder all through 2016 saying, let me get back to you. Choose resentment. Choose to She's discovered over a Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you just got to be like my personal miniature cheerleader because <laughs> this is my, my goal. It's interesting. I, you say you chose, you would say yes to things and then, um, you know, you would give up time with your family or your husband. Um, I would give up presence of mind in those situations as well. Like I would find even if I, I was with my family, if I was overwhelmed and overloaded because I'd said yes to too many things, my brain wasn't there anyway. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and the other thing that would always slide for me was looking after myself health wise. Like yeah. I would stop, I'd stop getting up early to go for a walk or I'd stop doing yoga. I'd stop, you know, whatever I need to do to, to kind of remain at an even keel. That was something that I would find myself having to say no to as well, because I'd said yes to too many other things. Definitely. And I just want to pick up on that presence of mind thing. Cause I know that that's just been a massive, massive thing for me personally. And I know that that's when I, obviously, cause you know, Life's not perfect. So I do kind of catch my, you know, I'll start saying yes to stuff because there's room in my life to say yes to Mm. things. And then I will get to a point where I start vaguing out all the time. And I know that I'm vaguing out by the expression on my husband's face when he talks to me and I give him a half-assed answer because I'm I'm thinking of six or seven other things. And so now when I catch myself in that vaguing out all the time mode because he's very sensitive to it having experienced it for 20 odd years, um, when I catch myself doing that, I go straight away. I'm like, right, something's got to – I've got to step back from something now. And I guess that's the other thing I've found is that you know, even though I don't like doing it and I try not to do it, um, I do feel like once I've committed to something, I've got to see it through to the end. I have gotten better at going, right, you know, that thing I've committed to, it's not the worst thing in the world. If I don't see it to, through to the end, I say, I'll say to the people involved that I've got to step away and like, you know, nine times out of 10, people are very, very understanding about that. So it's, you know, you never get there, you're never perfect, but you catch yourself a lot earlier 
and you will pull back a lot earlier. And it's, you know, and like I said, just because you've committed to something doesn't mean you have to absolutely 100% see it through. Mm. Quite often you don't um, and people do understand. It's a perfect place to wrap it up. Great. No worries. And uh, don't forget, you can connect with us on social media if you so wish. Uh, Kelly's at Kelly Exeter on Twitter and Instagram and A Life Less Frantic on Facebook. And I'm at Brooke McCallery on Twitter and Instagram as well and Slow Your Home on Facebook. And, I mean, I know we're only just getting started, but if you're enjoying the show so far and want to help spread the word and get us in front of more people, um, it would be awesome if you could leave us a rating or a review in iTunes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Jack Rabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.